Good morning, everyone. This is Pastor Troy Bond with the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies. Coming to you live once again right here from our offices in Daytona Beach, Florida. And here with me today is Scott Durant. Good to have you back, my brother. Been out of pocket here and there the last uh, few days, but good to have you here in the saddle once again. And good to have all you folks here. If you're joining us for the very first time this morning, this is the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies, which is a ministry of Raven Ministries International. If you want more information on Raven Ministries International, you'll see the website right there on the screen which is www.biggrace.com, www.bigg, <coughs> excuse me, race.com, and you can get more information about Raven Ministries International. We are here Monday through Friday, typically uh, from 9 until 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for an expository teaching in the Word of God. And we're currently in a uh, series in the book of Romans. And this is class number do we, 191 in the book of Romans, 191 hours in the book of Romans teaching. If you're saying to yourself, man, I wish I'd have been involved in the first 190 hours, well, you still can. You can go to our website at www.biggrace.com and click Raven Institute. And we have every single one of those uh, previous classes uploaded uh, right there on that, that site where you can download them to uh, uh, your computer, your compact disc, your MP3 player. Absolutely free of charge, freely we receive, freely we give. There's no fee for it. At all, it's none of it's copyrighted. You can print it, put your name on it, hand it out, make a frisbee, whatever you want to do. It is free for you. And what we hope is that it becomes like a catalyst in your life to really get you into the Word of God and to ignite something in you uh, to to really search out the Scriptures yourself and to rightly divide the Word of Truth. And so, glad to have you here today. And we're basically all we're about, folks, when it comes right down to it, is just bringing people to Jesus and 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 really standing up for the Word of Truth and and building up um, our most holy faith. And um, just awaiting that day when the Lord Jesus comes and we'll be confident that he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. So good to have all of you here today. If you have any questions uh, for us, you can actually send them to Raven, R-A-V-E-N, at BigGrace.com, B-I-G-G-R-A-C-E.com. And we would love to answer any questions you have about the book of Romans, about our previous teachings, or about anything else in Scripture, or you need counsel to talk to, whatever it might be. We are here for you, and we're so glad that you're with us. Brother Scott, why don't you open us in prayer this morning that God will bless and uh, anoint this time, and also pray for the sick, for those who have been sick in the body, that God will touch and heal them this morning as well. Father, I just come before you right now, Lord. Mm. God, it's a privilege that you allow us to come before us, that you are merciful enough to... Not cast us into hell when we definitely deserve it, God. It would be our just reward. Father, I love you. And I love you because you first loved me, God. Your love, it just abounds so much, Lord. Father, I pray right now for the word that it would go forth, God. That you would help us to rightly divide it, God. Help us, Lord. God, I pray that the Holy Spirit would just guide us today into all truth. God, that there would not be any deception. God, that all flesh would be crucified. God, that our opinions and our thoughts, we put them aside. And and Father, I, I pray that the Holy Spirit would speak through us. God, that He would reveal the truth to us. As we go to the Word today, Lord, I I know it is a sharp two-edged sword, God, and able to divide and separate joint from marrow and soul from spirit, God, the flesh from the spirit, Lord. I pray today that, God, it would would correct those things that need to be correct and it it would build up the things that need to be built up, Lord. Father, 
God, my heart goes out to the sick today. Yes, Jesus. God, the sick that are in the body of Christ, Lord, that, Father, it, it, I don't understand, really, God. I, I, and I, I'm nobody to question you, God. I really am not. I, I, I'm not anyone to question you. I don't understand why they're not healed. I, I'm, I just throw myself on your mercy and ask you, God, to heal them. Yes, I ask, God, that you would touch their sick bodies. God, I, I pray for my wife. I pray for Troy's wife. I, I pray for Sue right now. And God, I, I pray for, mm, I pray for Brother Roy, Lord. Yes. I do lift Brother Roy before you, God. God, to have to go to the hospital and suffer in pain like he did, God, that. I, I don't understand it, God. And God, I know your grace is sufficient and that you're going to, he is going to be one that will endure to the end. And God, I, I thank you for giving him the strength to endure, God. Keep my brother. But I ask, Lord, that you heal him. God, and I, I lift up another brother that's out there, Jeff, that God had, mm, Physically, he's not suffering, but spiritually, God, he's, he's being tormented over his wife's death because he stood and he, yes. he believed, God, that you were going to heal her, God. And God, she died. And God, I pray that you would send the Holy Spirit to encourage him. God, that you would just lift Jeff up right now, Lord. Yes, Jesus. That you hear me, Lord, that I'm standing in the gap for him, God. That you would comfort him in this time of need. God, I know he's a brother in the faith and a lot of people haven't understood him, but God, I know his heart that he loves you and he cares about you and he, he wants to win souls, Lord. Just, God, encourage him. Strengthen him in this time of need, Lord. God, I pray that others would just begin to lift him up in prayer as I brought his name out, that others in the body would begin to stand for Jeff. And they would begin to pray that you would encourage them. That whatever needs to be done, Lord, would be done in him, God. God, I pray that doors would be open for him. And that the body of Christ would begin to rally around him. And they would begin to lift him up. And they would begin to comfort him. Father, I do thank you for him. And God, I come back to this program now. And pray that your spirit would just take over. God, Touch the ears that are out there and the eyes that are out there. Holy Spirit, you're our teacher. You're the power source and no one else. No angel, no man, but you, God. Yes. You are the source of everything. Guide us, Holy Spirit. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amen and amen. Amen. Once again, if you guys are just slipping in, good to have you this morning. I'm glad that you're here. And we're in the 15th chapter of the book of Romans as we continue our, our study in the Word of God. And, uh, you know, uh, yesterday we were, we really were kind of examining this whole letter. And really, the whole time we've really been examining this whole letter that Paul wrote to the church in Rome. And, you know, obviously subsequently to, to all of us who are here today. And what's, what's so powerful, I think, about this is wherever you're at in it, it, you just continuously see it incorporating the entirety of the Word of God. Amen. That is what is so unique, I think, about Paul's writings. Is that as you as you study them, you're, what you're doing is you're grabbing a hold of of the entirety of the covenant, and you're seeing how all those things tie together. Yesterday, uh, for you that had, uh, may not have been here with us, 
It really had dealt with the aspect of just how that covenant was originally intended for uh, to be administered by the Jews, but now because of their unbelief, it's been handed over to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And, and I made a point yesterday uh, that I know many people did not get the impact of it. So I'm going to I'm going to make this point again, and and uh, and maybe Brother Scott will want to uh, chime in on it. And is it uh, and it really it was that at the initial onset of the church, the church was made up of 100 percent Jews. Mm. That's who it was. Yeah. Now we look at the church today, and there's very few Gentiles initially. Now what we have is we have the church that is almost entirely made up of Gentiles and very few Jews. Mm. Now just think about that. What happened in that swing over time? Now the the people that originated it. You talk about the disciples. You talk about the Peters and the James and the Johns and Paul the apostles. Who did they go after initially? They went after that that Jewish audience. Right. But what happened? That, that turned the tables on them, mm. and now we we see the proliferation mm. of the of the Christianity at least uh, in name of uh, widely spoken among the Gentiles, Gentiles and not the yeah. Jews. Yeah, what do you think that is? Well, I I think that you know when they when they started out they went to the Jewish nation first, and uh, you know it it starts you know I think of when he when he says to go into you know first Jerusalem he told them and mm. they first went to the Jewish people and then they went to the regions and, and to the right. uttermost parts and. And uh, when when the Jewish people rejected the Messiah, they rejected Christ. You know, God. I, I really believe you, you'll see in the Word too. He he's actually going to use the Gentiles in the end to to make the Jews jealous and, and to provoke them to restore them back. I mean, God. You know, it. You know, sad to say, Troy. And I, man, I'm so far from being God. You know, you think of of you think of the Jewish people like in the days of Moses. Man, they were led out of Egypt. They saw all those, I mean, what they saw is mind-boggling. They, right. the, the Red Sea was parted. They went through it. Uh, the whole Egyptian army was drowned. All of a sudden, their enemy was destroyed. They saw their enemy. God destroyed their enemy. Wow, right. what a powerful God. They go out. Moses goes to the mountain of God to get the Word of God, and they make a golden calf and start worshiping Him. Yeah. Because He was taking too long. I, I, I Yeah. And... and and you know, it, it 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 amazes me, and that that how how we are, and how how they could turn away so easily. And you know, sometimes I I know God has used the Jewish nation also to, as an example. You know, He uses them right. for us to look at. We can look at the Old Testament and what the Jews did, sure. and what they did wrong, and what and, and go, man, that was wrong. Don't do that. Do do this. And it, it, it's a you know, I always say that that this is the road map. To heaven, you know. If you want to get to Florida and you've never been here, and you live out in uh, Montana like Roy does, or or Seattle, Washington, if you got in your car and just started driving, there's no telling where you'll end up. Man, you you you. I I really would would beg to think you'll never make it to Florida, brother. right? Without especially without asking somebody directions. If you just get in your car and go on. Okay, well, I I can follow the sun every day. It's to the east, and I can kind of swing to the south. So if I kept, but you'd probably end up in Texas, maybe in Mexico. You might get off. And if there was no borders, imagine <laughs> right. if there was no borders and no no road maps and no no street signs. You know, back in the cowboy days, man, it's amazing how those guys made it anywhere. But uh, this is a road map, man. This is this is yeah. an instruction manual on how we're to live and yeah. how how to get to heaven. You want to get to heaven? Here's the map. Read it. Don't don't take yeah. Scott Durant's word. Don't take 
Troy Bond's word. Take the Holy Scriptures and apply it to your life. I was talking to Ron Surgener this morning. Mm-hmm. And My brother, he's an evangelist out of Pennsylvania. Yeah, and man, a, a great brother in the Lord. And, and uh, Ron, was, we were talking about how um, pastors and a lot of teachers, preachers, are spoon-feeding the body of Christ and we're, 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 we're giving them little nidbits. We never... But how many are actually teaching them how to use the steak knife, how right. to cut the, and I gave an example, and you don't even you you, you don't even know that you, you or you may know you did this, but there's few people that do this. You know, I, I have what's called the open expanded Bible, and you know you may not be able to see, but the pages are falling out. I've had it for twenty something years, and I'm kind of I was kind of stuck in it. You know, mm-hmm. my mother-in-law actually bought me a Thompson chain, and I read it. You know, and and, and the word is good. The, you know, the word is not the word is great. The word is the word. Right. But for a study help Bible. I'm so used to this, and I tried to look in that Thompson chain. I really didn't know how to use it. Mm-hmm. And one day you sat down with me and you began to show me some things in there on how to use the Thompson chain. Mm-hmm. And really, the difference was I, I just didn't know how to use it. Right. I didn't know you how to use, use the, the helps and use exactly. And and that's the thing. As in discipleship, we've got to sit down with people and teach them how to right. rightly divide the Word of God, not. Man, you know, we're, we're saying things like, this guy, it doesn't matter what he says. Um, look at what's happening. Uh, people are, quote, getting saved. People are, quote, getting healed. And that, that's, that's got to be God, man. Mm-hmm. But instead of teaching, well, let's go to the Scripture and rightly divide it. And if they say anything that's contrary to this Scripture, man, let them be a curse. That's what this Word says. And, right. and man, I... I my heart goes out because the body of Christ is, is are, are such novices, you mm-hmm. know, and, and and not that man Scott Durant is far from being where Scott Durant should be. I, I and, and 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 sad to say, only because nobody ever really sat down with Scott Durant and taught me how to eat the word. Right. You know, I've had to do a lot of it, sisters and brothers, on my own, and thank God that the Holy Spirit has taught me. And but nobody ever took me under their wing and, mm-hmm. and, and mentored me and, and guided me and, and directed me. So man, I I've made many a mistakes and man it would have been so much better. You know, I always say this to my son and, and because of his not listening, it, he ended up in prison and he is fixing to get out and he's serving the Lord, thank God. Now he got saved right. before he went yeah. to prison and, and was serving the Lord. But uh you know, I used to tell my son, son, if if there was a minefield out there and I knew there was mines in it and I knew where they were. I would want to tell you, don't go there. Don't do this. And he would get, I want to learn myself. i got to go to the school of hard knocks. And the, the shameful, the sad thing is the school of hard knocks, that minefield blows your legs off. And you end up a, a paraplegic. You end up maimed and, right. and crippled for life. Scarred. And, and because of, you know, nobody mentored me. Man, I have ended up in their scars. That, man, I'll, I'll probably right. take to the grave. There's things I've done, brothers and sisters, that I'm ashamed of. That man had somebody taught me, I would have never done that. But because I was ignorant, you know, when things came and I was hurt, I went and did things. And because of hurt, instead of knowing the word, because instead of somebody guiding me into all truth, instead of there being a right. pastor that, that took Scott in and, and pastored him, really pastored mm-hmm. him, didn't spoon feed me, you know, but I was spoon fed. And I only knew milk. And, and I was, you know, I was easily deceived. I was easily tricked. And, right. and uh, but, I, you know, and, and like I said, I'm, I'm far from being where I, I need to be, you know. But thank God that, 
that I, I God has brought me along. And, and sisters and brothers, I, I want to encourage you to yeah. to go to the the Word of God and and spend time there. And the Holy Spirit will guide you, and He does love you, and He does care about you. And and man, He will guide you into all truth. Man, He will. Mm-hmm. If you get off, you know, and I have gotten off. Man, I have, and it's a shame, you know. I, I shouldn't have had to. If I'd have had somebody speaking in my life, I'd have, I'd have had good accountability. I mean, I thank God for Brother Troy, man. God's put you in my life. Mm-hmm. That I And I've said to you, if you see something, you know, mm-hmm. tell me immediately. I, I don't want to be off. Mm-hmm. I want to I walk according to the Word. Man, I want to please my Father. Amen. I want Him to say one, one day, well done, my good and faithful you, servant. servant. Not... Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Man, I, I have seen the sick healed. I've laid hands on the sick and seen them healed. And and that's great. But you know what? If I sway from this word, mm-hmm. man, let me be accursed. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to miss the boat. And I don't want to miss the boat. Yeah. I, I want to stay. I want to. I want to be on that straight and narrow path. Narrow is the way that leads to salvation. A few who find it, and and it's it, man, my heart, my heart's broke, Troy. Yeah. It really is. It's broke that that the body of Christ is being led into great deception, and it, it's it's it, it's God speaking. Though He He spoke in He's the last days, He happen, right? God would send. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I should be rejoicing that it's happening because God is the one sending the strong delusion. It says mm-hmm. that He will send it as a result of their rebellion. Uh, uh, yeah, because they rebellion. want they want pleasure more than they want God. They want right. things. They want prosperity. They want the healings. And, and sisters and brothers, I, I really believe God does want to prosper us. Yeah, and, we're, and folks, we're not. We don't preach a poverty gospel. No, do, man. But we do preach hey, healing. You know, brother Ricky Del Rio made a statement a long time ago in a street ministry conference. He said, "I've been rich and I've been poor." And hey, I like being rich a whole lot more than I like being poor. Mm-hmm. And Scott Durant will be honest with you. I like being rich too a lot more. It's it's nice, man. I mean, it's nice to have a big, nice. It's Hey, I don't know if you've ever stayed in a five-star motel, but by the grace of God, a couple times I've gotten to. Now, usually I don't get to. I can't afford it. But, you know, through the Internet, you can sometimes bid on these motels and you get right. in them for cheap. One time, Brother Roy and I got in one. and It was nice, sisters and brothers. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. It was the greatest thing. You you know, you got fruit baskets and you got refrigerators. <laughs> and But let me tell you, I, I've... I've I've slept on air mattresses. I've gone to Mardi Gras and I stay in a in a in a in a building and I sleep on an air mattress right. to to preach the gospel. And I've gone to Haiti and slept in on the dirt. Right. I've been to Colombia and slept on a cot. Uh, you know, uh, listen, I, I'm willing to go wherever. And, and yes, listen, I, I and be, exactly. And do I have to have the big nice bed? No. Do I like it? Sure. Hey, right. there ain't nothing wrong with it. I mean, I've, I've rode an Alexis. It's a lot more comfortable than my Ford. It is. It's comfortable. I don't own a Lexus. I, I'd like to. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. And if you own one, I'm not condemning you because you, there's nothing wrong with owning a Lexus. It's a nice car. It's a well-built car. It's very comfortable. But when it becomes, that is, that is what's right. spiritual. And that's what's, you know, you're so godly. What about the little guy that's down in some village in the Philippines Living in a grass hut, reaching riding a people, a bicycle, riding right. a bicycle, reaching a people right. that have never heard the gospel. Mm-hmm. 
Man, is he any more less blessed than the guy who's living in a in a mansion? You know, really, no. And the guy there and is there anything wrong with living in the mansion? No. If you're helping people, if you've got a lot of money and you're helping people, praise God. Maybe God's blessed you that you can you can help people. Mm-hmm. Man, pray there are those we see it in the Bible. The guy that bought Jesus' tomb. You see, and you see what he was doing with the money of God. He was helping the body of Christ. Right. Man, he, he had enough money to buy a tomb. He bought the tomb for Jesus. God used, and he got, but the rich young ruler, on the other hand, right. his money was his God. And he couldn't get, and God brought to him the law. And so, that's the thing. Are, are we covetous about money? Are we teaching people covetousness? Are we, are we, Seeking for selfish gain that we right. might live a luxurious life off the backs of God's people? Are we, are we really out there doing all we can do to help the poor? I mean, right. if you've got millions of dollars and man, you're, you're not helping the poor. You're not giving, you know, a big percentage of it to, to help and see needs. And I, I question where your heart really is. Well, I believe you know? that's called sin. Yeah. And, and, uh, but if you know you 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 are praise God. I mean, I believe God gives wealth to to help, and and, and there's nothing wrong with you it. You know, what, brother, I think so many times is that you know the body of Christ responds and operates on how they're taught, and just like you were saying earlier, there's not a whole lot of that going on. There's not a whole lot of mentoring. There's not a whole lot of training up in the ways of the Word of God. I love what he says right here in Romans fifteen thirteen. It really goes along with exactly what you're saying, and he says, "Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing." That you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now think about what he says there. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Folks, it's such an amazing little statement right there. And the point that he's making is that if you're going to have any hope, if you're going to have any joy, if you're going to have any peace, it's got to come through the place of believing. It's got to come through faith. And folks, I love what he puts there because hope, joy, peace... Those aren't circumstantial situations. Right. Those are situations that are not dependent upon your circumstance. Those are things that cannot be measured out or even ascertained in the natural. And he said, but if you're going to have that, if you're going to be able to be content in all things, if you're going to be able to, to have a joy, something that transcends happiness, that transcends what you have to be going through, it's going to have to come through believing. Amen. And where does believing come through? Believing comes through this Word. Amen. And faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him because we have to believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek after Him. And, and so he said, he said that everything, every step of the way is always going to be predicated upon our faith. You know, I think about the times in the, in the Gospels when Jesus went to heal somebody, whether it was the, the woman that had been bent over those 18 years, or the man by the, the pool of Bethesda for 38 years, or the woman with the issue of, of blood, or whatever it may have been. When he spoke to him, he'd tell him many times, your faith has made you whole, or be it according to your faith. And, and when they didn't have it, many times it did not, uh, it, it did not translate into obviously healing. You look at the 13th chapter of the Gospel of, of Matthew when uh, he said because of their unbelief that he went outside the walls of the city because he did not many mighty miracles there. And so, folks, you've got, you got to come back to that one place. And that's what he's saying all through the book of Romans. He's really just reiterating right there. He says, listen, if, if, you want it, if you want the victory, if you want to be able to overcome, that you've got to come back to that place of believing. Believing this word. Not what it's been twisted to mean. What, not what it's been compromised to mean. Not what it's been uh, 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 
perceived it to mean in the natural, but allowing that Word of God to get in you to become real to you and, and, and rightly dividing that, that Word of truth. Now, I think about Hebrews 3.12. It says this. It says, Beware, brethren, beware, lest there be any of you, in any of you, an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Mm. Now, now, brother, you and I both know this. If, if any time in my life that I get to a place where I'm wavering in my belief, if I get to a place where I'm not seeking God and I'm not praying and I'm not reading the Word, you know what comes in? That, that, that heart of unbelief. Belief. So rather than having a heart of belief, I have a heart of unbelief. Right. And so here, here's the deal. You talk about people and you say, if I believe on the Scriptures the Word says, out of my belly is going to flow rivers of living water. What's that river of living water? It's, it's the same living water he offered the woman at the well. It's going to be, the gospel is going to be stirred up inside of me. And that's how I'm going to talk. And that's how I'm going to walk. And that's how I'm going to live. And that's how I'm going to speak. Why? Because I'm constantly feasting at that table and, and drinking from that well. But what happens if I, I cut it off? What do I become? I, I come like I was preaching a couple of weeks ago. These, these broken cisterns that can hold no water. Folks, what's, what's happened with, with the body of Christ, and it's, it's been a progressive thing over a few generations, is, is, is that they've become like broken cisterns. Mm-hmm. There, there, there's, there's no water in them, and, and no one's pouring any water in them because the bottom's out of it. And the, the pastors and ministers of churches many times are not going to fill those things up because there's a, a reluctance to equip or empower anybody for the ministry because then they're not dependent upon you. Right. And so the believing that he's talking about here in verse 13, folks, is not some momentary circumstantial uh, uh, believing, but rather it's that constant state of faith and belief. For what reason? So that you can be filled with joy and so that you can mm-hmm. be filled with peace. And so then what happens? He said, then He will empower you to abound in relationships, having the Holy Spirit's power operating in your life. Folks, listen, do you want the power of the Holy Spirit operating in your life? You know, the, the power, certainly we talk about the power gifts. We talk about uh, the gifts of miracles. and different, Certainly those things. You know, He tells us in, in, in the 12th chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians to, to seek out earnestly the best gifts. So there's an earnest desire and, and seeking after those things. But, but, but what about the power in your life to change and transform you first and foremost? Amen. The power to overcome. The power to say no to sin. The power to walk in righteousness. The power to be holy, even as He is holy. But I think about Acts 1 and 8. He said, you'll receive power after which the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be a witness. You shall be that martos. You shall be able to lay your life down uh, in, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other most parts of the world. You know, I shared a, a story one time. I don't know if I shared it on this program. But there's a, there's a guy by the name of Alfred Nobel. Most people have heard of Alfred Nobel, and he's always, always associated with the Nobel Peace Prize. But one of the things probably most people don't know is that Alfred Nobel also invented dynamite. Now, here's the guy that was the man that's known for the Nobel Peace Prize, but he's also the man that, uh, that invented dynamite. And so uh, we get that word, that, that power, from dunamis, which is dynamite. And so in the natural, but here's what's interesting about that. Alfred Nobel, he, he began with a, with a substance called nitroglycerin. Right. And he found out that nitroglycerin was not very stable. And so he would take things like a, a glass jar or an iron tube or whatever else, and the, they still remained unstable. And so people would get blowed up and they, they, they just couldn't be controlled, the blast. And so he, he sought out all these things that he could use. And finally, he came and he discovered that if he used diametaceous earth, which is clay... Why? that he could make a cylinder and pour the nitroglycerin into it and seal it up with a blasting cap, 
and it became stable. Folks, what are we called? He's the potter. We're called the clay. We are the diatomaceous earth that he pours his power into. If you don't believe it, think about this. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 and 8. He says, but we have this treasure. What treasure is the power? The martos. In earthen vessels. In diatomaceous earth. That the excellency of the power of God is not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed. But think about what he's saying. He's saying, listen, they can shake you up, but you're stable. Now, folks, listen. Why do you need to know the Word? Why do you need to have the power? That way you can go and and, and mess people up and get in people's face and and out-argue the Word of God. No, it's to bring a stability into your life. That's what it's for. That's what he's he's pouring the power into your life to, to, to make you able to have controlled blasts. You hear what I'm saying? Because what happens many times is we're, we're just like a we're just like a, a nitroglycerin in a jar. Yeah, we we got some explosive power, but it's uncontrolled. But think about this, brother. The reason that he developed uh, uh, dynamite with nitroglycerin wasn't for warfare, which it eventually uh, turned into, and he really felt heartbroken because of it. But what he wanted to do is he wanted to, to make roadways to places that had never been built. Right. And he knew that there were places on different frontiers where there were mountains that, that needed to be blasted. There was tunnels right. that needed to be drilled through. Right. And so what he did, he did that so they could go further. So they could, you receive power. The Holy Spirit's come upon you so you can be a witness where you couldn't go where before. You couldn't go before. And do you see how that ties in? What's, and what's interesting about that, I always think about a word the Lord spoke to me years ago out of the 43rd chapter of the book of Isaiah. He says that he'll do a new thing. He said, will you not know it? He said, I'll make a pathway in the wilderness and I'll make rivers in the deserts. Mm -hmm. In other words, I'm going to take you places that in the natural you could not go. But because I've deposited something in you that's explosive, something that's that's supercharged, what it's going to be, it's it's kind of like a high-octane NOS tank that's going to accelerate you to those places God wants you to. And So that's really what Paul's telling you. He says, listen, now the the God of hope you will find with all joy, peace, and, and believing... But folks, you've got to come to that place of believing. And so his desire for the church was not for them to come to grips, uh, uh, to, to come, was for them to come to grips with that discovered truth that they had been selected through salvation to carry his power and his resurrection in our bodies. Folks, listen, that's what he wants for us. And think about this now. Romans fifteen fourteen. And, and brother, here's, here's what you were saying. He said, I myself am, all, am also persuaded of you, my brethren, that you are also full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. You know what Paul was saying? He was telling this Roman church, and he was saying, listen guys, I, I know I've been really drilling you. I know I've really been hammering you. But, but I want you to know, I, I hold you in high regard. Mm-hmm. And you know, as we've studied this, we can see just how strict Paul has been. We can see that, that Paul has really laid it on the line to them many, many times. But he's telling them, listen guys, I'm doing that because I know that you can bear it. I'm persuaded that you're full of goodness. And that full of goodness is not just in the sense of a human goodness, but rather the goodness that's derived from a faithfulness of God. It's not really just a, just a human knowledge he's talking about. It's, but they have a thorough understanding of what he's talking about to them. And so he wants them to know, listen, I have a confidence. I'm assured that the things that I've entrusted you with, that you're going to be doing, able to do something with them. Folks, that is a major problem within the body of Christ. I, I just said the other day, and I think you, you came in on it. I was teaching, uh, uh, periodically, Melanie and, and, and Sister Holly teach a, a women's discipleship. But there's certain stages of it that I'll come in and I'll do a class. And this one just happened to be in, in government, in the church, and in, in leaders. And so I came in. And I basically told them, I said, my philosophy in leadership is to work myself out of a job. 
It's to be so effective in training and mentoring and lifting people up that, that I become an unnecessary component in that facet of the ministry. Certainly, we're all going to continue to do the things God's told us to. But can you imagine being that, that component, being a facilitator of someone else? But what happens, uh, Pastor Scott, is that people don't want to raise other people up of the fear, number one, that the attention will be drawn somewhere else. Or, or that if that person, now if that person's called the ministry, and then they won't be here to serve me any longer. Folks, listen, isn't that what it's all about? It isn't it to raise people up and to, to, to bless them and to, to use them and to empower them and to send them out to do great things for the kingdom of heaven? That's what it should be about. And that's what Paul was saying. He said, listen, guys, I know I've brought you to this place, but I'm persuaded that you're full of goodness, that you're full of knowledge. In other words, that you're getting what I'm talking about and that I can trust you. You know, brother, years and years, you know, as a pastor, disciple of many people, and there's people that I know that get it. There's people that I know that, you know, it, it, it's registered on them. And I know when they open their mouth exactly what's going to come out of that mouth because I know they've understood the principles have been taught to them. Now, there's others that are, are, are like a loose cannon that you never know when that trigger gets pulled what's going to come out of their heart mm. and out of their life. But, folks, listen, I want to encourage you. I said the other day, you're either, uh, you, you've not only got to be discipled, but you need to be discipling people as well. You need to be persuaded. And, you, and, if, and the only way you're persuaded is if you're making an investment in people. If you're not making an investment in people, there's never going to be any type of persuasion. So really what he was telling them is he's giving them the utmost compliment because he was saying, you have such a pure and concise understanding of the Word of God that you're able to personally train up and release other leaders without me having to be around and do it all the time. Amen. And that's what it needs to come down to. And, and, and what it does is it becomes a reproduction. You know, I know for myself in, in ministry, I didn't really have people around me that did the same thing. And so what I had to do is I had to, you know, I got big ears anyway in the natural. I had to really start listening. You know, I, I, had, I had a pastor early on that, that, praise God, really ignited a hunger and a passion for me to look into the Word in both covenants. Yes. And so I had that. He's, he's lit that spark. But then it was gone, and I, and I started pastoring, senior pastoring at such an early age. And so I, I had such a, a responsibility. But I said to myself, you know what, God, I don't want, have to, I don't want people to have to, to, to fight and labor through things like I did. You know, I didn't want people to have to, 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 to do those things. If, if I can provide them some type of uh, easier way or, a, or a, 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 right. a pathway with some road signs along the way rather than running off in the ditch all the time, that's what I want to do. And so we become facilitators. And so much of what we do as a ministry of Raven Ministries is to facilitate and raise other people up. And so even in regards to street ministry, when I first got uh, uh, really involved or introduced to street ministry, you know, I just saw, you know, this, these couple of guys over here doing it, and these two or three doing it over here. And I thought to myself, there's got to be a more effective way of reaching people. There's got to be something. And, you know, then I looked at the, 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 the book of uh, 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 Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 and 36, where it says that Jesus looked at the multitudes, moved with compassion. And he said, pray the Lord of the harvest will send laborers unto the harvest, for the harvest indeed is, is, is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And I said to myself, what's going to make it more effective? More laborers. And so what did we start doing? We started reproducing. And so what started out just a few years ago is Melanie and I and, and, and our kids in, in, in New Orleans, it, it soon started growing. And now we got teams in California. we got teams in Texas. we got teams in Louisiana. we got teams in Pennsylvania, teams in Canada, and teams in Florida. Why? Because we were willing to reproduce right. and allow other people to learn and make some mistakes along the way. Right. Now, brother, I've made plenty of mistakes. Hmm. And I know you probably haven't made any. 
Yeah, right. But you know, think about what you've learned from those mistakes. And folks, you know what mistakes are like? They're kind of like those missed mortar rounds on the battlefield. You know, the, the first time you fire a few mortar shots on the battlefield, you don't care what they hit. Because what you're doing is you're using your missed shots to set the map for the rest yes. of your firing right. shots. So, folks, if you're out there today, and really I can't underscore this anymore, and if you've said to yourself, you know what, I've, I've made some mistakes, I've, I've missed some rounds, what you need to do is not allow those missed rounds to condemn you, but you need to say that those missed rounds are just opportunities to get a bead and to hone in on the real target and yeah. to mark and to lay out your battlefield. And as simple as it says, you know, that's, it's, it's not a principle that's, that's really exhibited in the Western church, is, is raising up people to do things within the kingdom. It's come and watch me do it and come and come here. I can get them. I got more ways of getting them saved than you do. So you just invite them to church and let me do the, the rest of the business. Folks, listen, we've got to go and make, make disciples of all nations for his name's sake. Amen. Amen. I mean, I hear what you're saying. It's, it's, it's a sad, you know, I've, I've heard it said that, you know, this is my church. Mm-hmm. And if you ever think you're going to take my job, you're kidding yourself. Well, I thought it was God's church, right. and all you are is a servant in it. And if, if it's your job, then really you're just a hireling. Right. I mean, when your job is ministry, then you're just a, a hireling. Ministry should come out of a heart and a servant's heart to God, and it's just what we do. It's not my job. It's not my job that I go out and, and preach the gospel. It, it is my privilege. It is my obligation to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords to follow this word and to do what this word. It, 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 I am obligated. Woe is me if I don't yep. preach the gospel. You know, it, 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 and as far as a job, whether I have a job or not. You know what I mean? It really doesn't, doesn't even matter. I've got to live this gospel. I've got to preach this gospel. That's right. And, and woe is me if I don't preach this gospel. The way I've always put it, brother, ministry is not something that we do. It's who we are. Amen. Because Amen. you can choose to cease to do ministry, but you can't cease being who you are. Right. And so as long as you are, as long as you are ministry, as a minister of reconciliation, you don't have to suffer the burnout. You don't have to suffer the disappointments. You know, because you're a tool in his hand. Roy, Roy made a comment to me. He said, you know, for a long time we've, we've worked for God. He goes, but it's so much easier to work with God. Right. And instead of working for God, we need to be working with God. And, and, you, and you hear people, you know, I just talked to someone the other day and he was saying, you know, um, thank God I was here to do praise and worship. You know, God brought me back here because the guy that was doing it was burning out. And he was suffering burnout. So I was able to step in and, and do the worship. And that is great that he was there. And, and I, I really believe God, you know, raised someone up, him. Right. But when I hear that word burnout, you know, in, in, in ministry, you, you should never burn out. I mean, how you, you should be burning brighter and brighter and brighter. And as long as you're in the word, I mean, I, you know. You'll never burn out. You burn, burn out. lack of fuel, right? <laughs> exactly. It's, it's because you lack... Exactly. And you're not... You're, if, if, you're, if you're following God and working with God, <coughs> instead of, quote, it's a job. Right. See, when you get tired of your job, you can quit your job and go get another job. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've done that. You know, when I 
got tired of doing lawn maintenance. You know, I mean, I'd been in construction before. I sold my lawn maintenance business, and I got my general contractor's license, and I started building houses and got into the construction business. I changed jobs, and um, in between that, I had started a nursery and, you know, a, a plant nursery and a, a, another job. So at any time, I mean, and today, if I wanted to, I could go get a job doing something else. Right. It's just a job. But I can never quit preaching the gospel because it, it, to me, it's not a job. Right. My job is not ministry. My it's it is it is my it is my life. It is, and I don't I don't look at it like a job yep. and, and because it's not a job. Um, it, is a labor. You know, when you think of the scripture, is a labor worthy of his hire? Uh, absolutely, but. Uh, we're laboring with the Lord, you know, right. and we're laboring in His harvest. And yes, there's nothing wrong with people being paid from doing ministry. That's you know, and that's that's got you know, we we should support our brothers in the ministry. Mm-hmm. That's uh, you know, and there's there's that's that's a biblical principle. But man, it's it's it when you, we begin to think it's a job and we begin to become hirelings, then we really don't care about the sheep right. because it, it's just a job. And they're really just people that are, you know, putting money into my paycheck. And, you know, so like you said, I've got to keep them under me. I've got to keep them depending upon me. Right. For God forbid they might take my job. Mm. And it's not a job, man. It, it, it is not a job. It, it, it needs are, to be your heart. <laughs> these, are, these are God's sheep, man. And if you've been put in charge of them, man, you need to tend them Right, wealthily, man. You need to watch them, sheep. You need to you need to care about them, and you need to nourish them, and feed them, and lead them to green pastures. Right, um, man. We we we've got to preach the undulterated word of God. It's 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 time, brothers and sisters, that we we rise up yeah. and and take our rightful place in in the kingdom of God, and and we really love one another. True love, you know. True love says that you know. I I think about that where. You know, where it's talking about love. But, but true love really cares for a brother. When I, if I really love my brother, I'll warn my brother. I'll, I'll do anything I can yep. to rescue my brother. I'll do anything um, it takes. You know, I can say I love you. But if I don't show it, it's you know, genuine. It, it, if I said I love you and you were cold and I didn't give you a jacket, and I had, would, would that be love? No. It would be lip service. Lips, exactly. True love... Reaches out. True love will will see the need and meet the need, even when it costs you something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, nevertheless, verse fifteen, brethren, he said, "I've written the more boldly unto you in some sort, as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God." And, and folks, listen, and we'll do this to you as well. I, I feel like sometimes, you know, especially you, you folks that are on with us week in and week out and day in and day out, that we can speak to you more boldly. Amen. You know, there, there's some people that, that can't ingest the, the word that, that we desire to teach and, and bring, and it's it's too hard, and they just they, they just can't chew it up. But you know, I, I believe you know there's a grace that has been given to us to bring that word to those, especially you that are with us on a daily basis that are call, that are called to the ministry. Guys, it's it's time to step up. You that have a call upon your life, you that God has set apart for His service, and you keep saying one day, one day, one day. Folks, there's no one-day call. There's no one-day Jesus. Mm. All you have is right now. 
All you have is a behold, now is the accepted time, today is the day of salvation. And so I can say like Paul, I've written to you more boldly in some sort as putting you to mind, to bringing it to, to bear. If, if, if God's got something he's called you to do, to do, you need to get busy in doing it. Otherwise, what's going to happen is rather than that gift or that call or that commission uh, standing in favor of you on the day of judgment, it's going to rise up and it's going to condemn you in the day of judgment. And what you'll find yourself as being like the, the unprofitable servant who, who took his talent and hid it in the ground because he was afraid of what would happen. Folks, sometimes you just got to step out in faith. I, I, st- I, I spoke to a, uh, uh, to, to a brother in the Lord just yesterday that's really just struggling with some decisions. There's some obstacles in the way of, uh, of some things that really knows that he's got to do. And it's just, it becomes like a kind of waiting game. Well, I'm going to do this when I do this or whatever. And, and really my question was, so what if those things never come to pass? Hmm. So you're just never going to obey the voice of God? And so I asked the question to him. I said, so what you're telling me is that God told you to do something, but whether or not you respond to it is whether or not your circumstances meet hmm. the criteria. Now think about that. When God's told you to do that, He knew your circumstances. When God told you to do it, He knew what you were facing. So how are you going to respond? Are you going to obey or are you going to sacrifice? And that's the whole key in that. So, folks, listen, I want to speak to you boldly in that and really challenge you. If God's been putting a directive on your life, sometimes you just need to step out and do it. You know, I know for Melly and I, uh, Pastor Scott, time and time again, God will challenge us. Just when we think we're getting some type of level of comfort, he shows us that we don't have that, that he's our comfort, that he's our peace that passes our understanding and comprehension and, and puts us in a place that really causes us to cry out to him and to, to pray and to seek his face in, in ways that, we, that we, 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 we never knew that you could go any further in. And that's what he wants. He wants to take us to that, that place from, from glory to glory, to knowing him and to seeking his, his presence and to, to consecrate ourselves so that we can decrease that Christ Jesus might increase because those are the times. That, he said in verse 16, that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so Paul the Apostle was saying, guys, listen, the reason I've got to do this because of the, the apostolic affirmation that God is bringing into my life. And so if I'm going to say I'm who I am, then I better walk in accordance with who I say I am. And we, and we were talking this before the, the before the, we went live, and, and, and Pastor Scott asked the question. He said, "So he said, what do you call somebody that tells you to do something, and they're not willing to do it themselves? That's called hypocrisy." And what Paul was saying, "Listen, guys, I got to tell you this because if I don't tell you this and give you instructions based upon the call God's put upon my life, I'm walking in hypocrisy." And we've got to do those things. You're, you're obligated by your call. Now think about Ezekiel three and Ezekiel thirty-three that says we've been made watchmen. But if we don't warn the wicked, regardless of what the, the wicked are, from the wickedness away and they die. What's interesting about that is the, the wicked weren't those on the outside. They were the ones on the inside of the wall. Come now on. think about I've made you a watchman on the wall. Well, you don't warn the army that's coming. You, or, you warn the people that you're standing guard over. But he says that they're wicked on the inside. And folks, it's the exact same way within the church, within the body of Christ. If we just sit back and we say, well, hopefully God will work that. I had a brother say that to me just recently. He made the point, uh, he's going through some stuff, and he said, well, you know what, I'm just going to let God work it out. And I, I called him down on it. I said, no, God gave you that responsibility. God entrusted you, and you're sitting back and saying, God, you gave me the responsibility to do this, and I'm not willing to do it. No, folks, you've got to do the things that God's told you to do to be obedient. Otherwise, you're going to face some serious judgment upon that. In verse 17, he said, I therefore... Uh, 
uh, whereof I may glory through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God. And so Paul was saying, listen, if I do that, all these things that I'm doing are strictly in relationship to being obedient unto God anyway. Now, brother, if you preach the gospel, you know who you're doing that for? For God. You're doing it for God. If I preach the gospel or, or teach the word, who am I doing that? I'm not doing it to build a, my own kingdom. I'm not doing it to build a following. I'm doing it because that is the, the, the commission and that is the, the thing that God has told me and instructed me to do. And, and God forbid, lest I preach that word. God forbid, lest I be obedient to the directives that He's placed upon my life. Amen. I know uh it's it, where, where it says in there, if you just back up to that 16 verse, sanctified by the Holy Spirit, right. set apart. Yep. That God has called us to be set apart from the world, not to be, quote, I, I call them grandstanders. You know, right. the, the, in, a, in a baseball game, you have all these people up there in the grandstands watching the game. But the real glory goes to those guys that are on the field. Yep. You know, that guy that's got that bat standing up there at the plate. And I just want to challenge you to, to come out of the dugout or get out of the stands and get down on the field, yep. get the bat, and get up there and swing it. Because you'll, you'll never be a player standing in the, in the, sitting in the stands. No, not at all. And God's not called us to be grandstanders. He's not called us to sit up in a chair somewhere and to just sit back and listen and listen and watch and go, wow, I'm, I'm watching this yep. game. Wow, that was a great hit. Wow, oh, that was a great catch. Oh, he got out. Ah, oh, that's, that was a good pitch. Ah, oh, that wasn't a good pitch, you know. And we can, we can grandstand, but, yeah. but he's called us to actually get in the game. Yeah. You know, you, you've got to step up to the plate and get in the game and fight the fight, he said. You know, get, it, we're in a battle. I was talking to my son last night and I said, son, you, you're, you're in jail and, and, you know, you're, you're, you're in the, you're in the frying pan. You know, and, and I said, but you're about to come out into the world and you're going to step out yep. of the frying pan into the fire. Mm-hmm. I go, it's not going to be any easier. I, and he goes, I know that, Dad. And, you know, I've had a lot of people real worried about me, you know, when I get out. And, and I said, son, if you just like you're doing now, you stay in the battle. Mm-hmm. And you realize that we're not getting out and you're not getting out and entering into a Christian love boat that's going to be sailing on smooth seas. But you're actually... The battle stations are called. It's the, yep. the alarms are are sounding, and and man, missiles are coming in. Man, we've got to take battle station. We've got to start shooting the mortar rounds out and firing the fire the 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 the, the weapons at the enemy. And, and our weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The weapons are the sword of the spirit. Right here. The right Word here. of God again, yep. our roadmap, right but our sword. We've got to begin to quote those scriptures. We've got to begin to to to, to fight right. the fight, fight right. the good fight, man. Take the sword of the Spirit and and, and begin to use the scriptures. It is written. Amen. You know, this is what the Word of God says, and I'm gonna stand up. And it doesn't matter. It does. You know what, Troy? I'm gonna be account, held accountable mm-hmm. to God for what I know and what I do with what I know. And I'm not going to stand before a man. And it doesn't matter, you know, I, I, I talked to somebody yesterday, and it doesn't matter what they say. It matters what God says. Right. I'm going to do what the Holy Spirit tells me to do. I'm going to be obedient to God because I'm not going to stand before that brother. I'm going to stand before a holy, righteous God. Right. And woe is me. Woe is me if I follow not 
the Word of God, and I don't follow God. Now, I, I'm open to correction. Like I told that brother I talked to, I said, you know, um, I might stand to be corrected. And if I'm wrong, man, I'll, I'll, I'll come forth and I'll, I'll, I'll admit I'm wrong. I'm willing to, you know, I, 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 you know I'm humbling myself. I, I, listen, I have been wrong. Right. And if if you're out there and you see Scott Durant do something wrong, say something wrong, and you can show me in the scriptures, I, I'm open. I I want to be. I I I'll I'll, I'll put that out there. I, right. Man, I want that, brothers and sisters. Man, I I encourage me. It says right here, encourage and admonish one another. You know, um, admonish one another. Admonish yeah. me. Teach me. I I, I want, I'm teachable. Um, Let's let's get let's join together in the word of God and let's build each other up in the holy faith and let's let's get together and play as a team. Man, I, I, I if if I'm the pitcher or I'm the shortstop or I'm the left fielder or whatever I am on that base listen, I, I, I need all the I need nine players out there on that ball field playing yeah, the game. That's right. Because if it gets hit the right field and I'm in left field, I can't catch it. Mm-hmm. I need you. And when you, it's your turn to bat, man, I, I need you to hit me in if I'm on base. Yeah. Okay, we need to work together. We need to come together. And, and listen, if, if we're playing baseball, you can't show up in football gear. No. Okay? Or if we're playing football, don't bring a baseball bat. We've got to get in the game. Right. And the game is the Word of God. And we've got to play according to His rules. Not ours. He's the coach. Not Scott Durant. God is the coach. Right. And, and we're the players. And we've got to play this game it's it's high time we we do what we're called to do. We rightly divide the word of God. We we admonish one another. We build one another up. We allow the Holy Spirit. It says by the power of the Holy Spirit, not angels. That's right. I mean, angels are sent to minister to us, but they're not sent to 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 bring power to us. No. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Let the Holy Spirit guide you into all truth. And if an angel come and say anything that doesn't line up with this girl, and if I say anything that or doesn't, if I say anything. let me be accursed. Let that angel be accursed. Man, today is the day truly of salvation. It's, it it's, it's high time we follow God with all our heart, mind, and soul. And, and uh, man... Let, let's rise up, man. Amen. Let's let's let's. You know, the Bible says. I, I think of a brother. That, you know, that was the motto of his script, uh, ministry. Was who will rise up? Who will cry out against the workers of iniquity? Mm-hmm. And man, we we need to rise up. We need to cry out against yep. sin. It, it, it's wrong, and we need to cry out against it. It's high time we stand up and and get in the game and not worry about. You know what? If you strike out, so what? Get back up there again. Get your glove and go out in the field and let's 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 play some defense. Start and then swinging. We'll, and, and when it comes time to do offense again, we'll we'll swing the bats. Let's, you know. So, you know, it really kind of sums it up there in verse eighteen of Romans fifteen. He says, "I will not dare speak to any of you those things which Christ has not already spoken to me." Mm. He said to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. deed. Mm. So what Paul was trying to tell him, he said, "Listen, guys." He said, I, you may think I'm being hard on you. may think I'm doing this. But this is stuff that God has already corrected me on. These are things that I'm having to deal with. These are things that I'm having to come to grips with. And folks, we sat here today to tell you the exact same thing. We're still trying to come to grips with these truths and to walk in righteousness and to see victory over the, the, the flesh and the sin nature. And it's, a, it's going to be a constant fight until the, the day that, uh, that we take on a, a transformed body. But you've got to fight. 
And so the victory gets a little bit sweeter every single day. And so the battles that you fight you know, down the road in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ are certainly not the same battles that you fought early on. I know they're not for me. Right. And it just takes on a whole new dynamic. But what happens is you fight the battle, number one, your enemy changes, but you get to change. Amen. You become you know, more skilled in the fight. You become more adept to, to his maneuverings. And then God gives you that ability to, to, to walk in the freedom and to walk in the, the hope that only he can provide through the word of his spirit. So, folks, we're totally out of time uh, this morning. But really, I want to encourage you, uh, grab a hold of, of everything God has been investing in you and uh, seek his face. Get in that word Amen. and go and be obedient. Try, try just being obedient to what God says. Say, God, listen, I, I want you to speak to me. And whatever you speak to me, Lord God, I'm going to obey. And don't put all these, these stipulations. I know, okay, I'm going to do it as long as it, it meets criteria X, Y, Z. Why don't you listen to what God has to say? Uh, our live class, we will not have it on Thursday, Friday, or Monday. Because uh, a large group, including uh, Brother Scott and myself, are going to be flying to uh, New York City. We're going to be ministering there on the... The, the Lower East Side of Manhattan and throughout the city uh, for several days there. And some, some of these guys, uh, Pastor Meredith, uh, Wanda Lynn there, uh, Brother Iggy, uh, Mercedes, all those guys, the Hill House, a couple of those guys are going as well. Mm-hmm. So we've got a full crew that's going to be joining us there. If you want to join, still plenty of time. Uh, get your ticket, show up there, and, and you can go to our website, BigRace.com, and click on New York Outreaches. It'll kind of give you all the lowdown on what it is, but we'd love to have you. had a guy call me from Philly yesterday. Somebody, somebody talked to him, and they told him about our website, and he went and looked at it. And uh, he said, man, about three years ago, he said, I started doing street ministry. And he said, I started doing it, and I found out, man, listen, there's some problems inside the church. He said, I've just been in the church for so long. And he said, I still go to church, but he said, you know, I'm, I'm with a, a church and a pastor now that, that really are supportive, and, and they go out and do these things. But he said, listen, I want to come and bring some brethren. He says, making sure there'd be room for everybody. So we may have 45 or 50 guys there with us in New York City. So you guys, please pray for us while we're Thank out you. Thursday, Friday, and on Monday. We will be back on Tuesday, but we'll be here uh, Wednesday, Wednesday, tomorrow. So we'll be here tomorrow. Folks, we're totally out of time today. But i got one bit of advice for you as we go. Get into God's Word, and God's Word will get into you.